Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today we are very, very blessed to have Fred Parrish on the line with us. Thank you for joining us, Fred. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Fred, tell us what it is that you do. What has you passionate? Well, Tammy, my background is in accounting and finance and uh, originally, and I have spent almost 40 years now working with literally hundreds of companies and mostly small businesses, although I have had in my corporate career uh, some uh, stents with multi-billion dollar companies, but uh, working with these smaller companies and unfortunately watching very unhappy outcomes occur in my mind for no good reason. And so what we have done over the last really 25 years, uh, my uh my start in developing all of our tools and our approach for helping small companies uh, started in Winnipeg, Manitoba, 1992. I know exactly where I was and what I was doing. But it is really an approach to help small business owners avoid cash crises, and they develop all the time, as you all well know. Uh, and if we are not paying attention, if we are not looking ahead we're really at risk at any moment in time of making a fatal decision. We may not know the outcome of that uh, for months and in some cases even years into the future. And by the time we see those problems coming, a lot of the time it's too late to do anything about it. So my passion and our overarching mission in our company, the Profit Experts, is to help as many small business owners as possible to avoid those ugly outcomes. Oh, totally, man, after my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Excellent. And what is your family situation, Fred? Oh, well, I am married. I have uh, three kids and, and three granddaughters who are the absolute uh, joy of my life. And they're just amazing little people. Uh, I, I was texting with my oldest granddaughter, who is 11, uh, this morning, and she is just a beautiful soul. And so they keep me smiling all the time. Well, that that's good. So being being the business and the financial expert and stuff that 
that you are. What are some of the things that you have been noticing throughout your years of experience that kids need to be learning about money and business so that they can succeed in our very, very changed economy? Well, you know, I think the the most important things that come to mind are money is important, but it's not everything. Certainly, we need money to live and function in a normal way. But I, I've seen too many people in my life who place money ahead of everything. And, and so not only do they suffer, but their their spouses suffer, their kids suffer, uh, everything around them suffer. And maybe they accumulate uh, really great wealth. And I can think of a few uh, specific people where that has, in fact, happened. But they miss out on those important things in life. Um, but then on the other uh, on the other side of that coin, although money is important, it's not everything. The other side of that coin is that it is a scarce commodity and it needs to be managed as such. Uh, we don't want to just haphazardly uh, spend and uh, really just burn our uh, resources. And that really comes back to me in the way we help small businesses also. And, and the, maybe the third thing that I can think of is I, I, I try to tell, uh, my kids who actually are, uh, the youngest is in his late twenties now. So they're, they're all adults, yeah. but just don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get out over your skis, so to speak. And uh, pay attention, even though you have a lot of money today or you think you have a lot of money today, that does not mean you will always have a lot of money. And you need to always be thinking ahead and doing some planning for the intermediate and longer term. Oh, I fully agree. One of the one of the challenges that I find that drives me nuts, and it's not just when I'm dealing with younger people, but. Our society is so much pushed for instant gratification that the, the long-term thinking and the, okay, what, what, what do you want to have happening five years down the road, 10 years down the road? They don't even think that. It's like, I want everything now. Depending on what city you live in, you can have, you can order something off of Amazon and have it delivered the same day. Same day. Absolutely. And, and it is much worse today than it was even 10 years ago and certainly oh, yeah. 20 or 30 years ago. And, and I think that has a lot to do with, with the internet and, and that instant, uh, uh, presence of something that you did order. Like you say, I mean, here in, in Dallas, we can order this afternoon and it will be here, uh, before midnight tonight. And it is just an amazing thing. And you're right. That does have a very direct impact on the way uh, young people think today. Well, yeah, and the easy access to credit and how quickly individuals, families, and businesses can get into big-time debt very, very fast because they don't, they don't see it and they're not aware of it. Uh, it's amazing uh, because I recall... And again, my my children are are a little bit older. Uh, my son actually will be uh, 35 next week. But I remember when he was in high school, 
that he got applications for credit cards uh, when he was a junior. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is much worse today than it was then. In fact, um, I remember seeing some uh, credit card applications, and I'm, I'm assuming these were uh, issued in error, but uh, my granddaughter, again, my oldest is 11 years old, and she has gotten some things in the mail that are just completely inappropriate. Uh, yeah, it, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, and the moment they go off to college or university, the first week they have every banking credit card company on the planet hitting on them. And Exactly. And they're they're promoting that, oh, get them a credit card. It'll teach them financial responsibility. No, that does not teach them financial responsibility. That teaches them how to get into debt so they can be your employee for life. That's exactly right. And and when you're making 18 to, you know, 36 percent interest, that's great business for the credit card companies, but it can destroy um, it can destroy your life. Oh, very, very quickly. My two sons have gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble very, very early on. They're they're doing much better now. They learned their lesson. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of let them learn their lessons along the way. It's hard to watch, but uh, you got yourself into this. So let's talk about how you're going to get out of it. Now go get out of it. And uh, so they both were able to accomplish that. But it, it's a painful thing to go through. And, and you're right. It is terribly unfortunate that... Uh, we live in a world where young people are prey in a lot of different ways, but certainly from a financial perspective. Yeah, well, not not even just young people. Like it's definitely starting off with with young people because you can get them right off the bat. But I've I've seen people of all ages. I had clients that uh, they owned a, a cash money store, and they they said I've I've got clients I would love to send to like they're doctors. They're making lots of money, but they're coming in to see me every freaking week for a payday loan because they know right. nothing about money. They make it, but they spend it. They don't know how to manage it. They don't how, know how to be responsible with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and there would not be a, a cash loan industry, and it is enormous. Uh, if it weren't for that issue and, and you're absolutely right. And, and doctors are a very good example. They are, Unfortunately, some of the worst business people on the planet because they go to school for a lot of years and learn everything they need to know about medicine. But there is not a course in any program that teaches them how to run a practice. Oh, yeah. Well, if you, if you read The Millionaire Next Door by Dr. Thomas Stanley, he says over and over and over again, the stats say that the worst profession for handling money are doctors because Yep, they're in school, they learn how to do the medicine, they learn how to make a lot of money, and then they've got the social status that they have to keep up with the very expensive stuff, and most of them are broke. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely. So you, you obviously put a lot of time and effort into working with, with, with entrepreneurs and small business and stuff like that. What's some of the advice you would give to young people that are thinking about going that route rather than putting all their, their money into very, very expensive educations to go get a job that they might be laid off from tomorrow? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And uh, in in the United States, at least, uh, young people have for quite a long time now been told 
that the only way they are going to succeed is to go to college and get a degree of some kind. And if that means you go into debt for, depending on what school you go to, 50000 to a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And most of these young people are coming out of those institutions with degrees that, that will not pay them enough money to even uh, service their debt they incurred. And so what has happened over the last maybe 15, 20 years, the trades in the United States, you know, the, the plumbers and the electricians and the, the people who are, are more um, craft oriented, you know, um, those people who do handyman work, building all kinds of different things, that is becoming a very scarce commodity. In, in the United States, I, I know of companies that have all the business they can they can get. They just can't find the people to do the work. And so things are starting to shift. And, and I think what is happening, there will be opportunities for younger people to move into those particular uh, businesses and uh, not have to go the route of getting a four-year or uh, degree or even a, an advanced degree, master's or whatever that might be. But I, I think the, the biggest problem in small companies is that the owners are so focused on generating revenue, making that next sale, or I'm, this next contract is going to be what I need to really set the company up. They don't do the proper level of planning. And so in, in your personal life, you, you may, you, you may have a budget, you may not, but at least you have in your head that you have these bills that are coming up and you have to be able to cover these. And so you may not take a, uh, you know, $5,000 uh, Caribbean cruise if your rent is coming up next week and you don't have enough money to pay it. You're not going to do that. Business owners don't look at their business in the same way. And so what we try to teach business owners is you have to have that same planning. You need to be able to quantify your decisions in a way that will tell you if if I'm operating a particular way, I'm generating this kind of revenue and, and this kind of profit. Hopefully it's profit. And if I make a certain decision, what is that going to do to me, not only next month, but six months or a year or two years down the road? Now, obviously, the future changes almost every day, especially in a small business. But we need to have a system in place where we can quickly update those assumptions about what that future looks like. So that as things change, we can see what those new calculations, those new outcomes look like. And if we have enough lead time or enough runway, as some people would call it, to make decisions, then we can avoid a lot of those really ugly outcomes that are just absolutely devastating to uh, a person, a family and a community because you have employees usually if it's not just you. Completely 100% agree with you. So to, to wrap up here, if, if you could pass on three bits of financial advice to your grandchildren, because you, you've, you've already got grown kids, 
what three things would you want your 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 granddaughters to know about money to know that they'll be okay? Yeah, I I think again uh coming back to those few things that I mentioned uh and and it's interesting because my 11-year-old granddaughter I've already had some of these conversations with her because she is a a very um industrious young lady. She uh, loves to bake and she bakes cookies and cakes and in fact she designed my son's wedding cake. My son just got married a few weeks ago. Oh my. <laughs> That's that's impressive for an eleven year old. It it is. She didn't bake it, but she designed it, and she's an amazing young lady. And so I've had these conversations with her because she wants to have her own uh, business where she bakes these kinds of uh, things for parties and you know, kind of a party planning um, uh, business. And we've talked about those uh, things that she would need to do. You, you have to have resources to execute any kind of plan that you're looking to undertake. So you need to think about that plan. And, that, and that's whether it's in business or personally. If you want to buy a car, you need to understand what it means to buy a car. And if you can't afford to pay uh, cash for the full amount, then you need to understand what that means. It's going to cost you more than the price of that car. And because there is interest on top of that money. And so you need to be thinking about all of those different moving parts and you need to be doing that ahead of time. You can't wait until you run up on a problem and try to sort it out in the middle of the storm. And so, you know, have a budget. Again, we come back to that, uh, whether that's personally or in business. You need to compare your actual results to that budget so that you know how you are tracking against it. It's all great and wonderful to have a plan, but if you never compare how real life events are comparing to that plan, it's not any good. And um, really, I guess uh, the last thing, again, is not making money the biggest thing in your life. You've got to have some balance. Again, we've got to have money to live. And money makes certain aspects of life at least more bearable and in some cases uh, more pleasant. But money cannot buy you everything. And so if you focus constantly on that, and I, and I grew up, I was very, um, let's just say my, my family was not uh, terribly wealthy. And uh, my dad was a, a Marine uh, staff sergeant. We had six kids in my family. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it, there were there were times, uh, extended periods of time, a couple of years, I can remember, where we didn't have money to buy meat. We got our protein from beans and other other ways. And, and so you learn how to think a little bit differently than if you have never had to go through that. And thank goodness, you know, my grandkids have not had to do that yet. And so... <clears throat> Just to let them know that there are a lot of other things in life that are more important. And if you have enough money and you do enough planning and you're able to manage your personal situation sufficiently, then you can strike that balance in life. Well, those those are very, very good points. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and experience with us. Well, Tammy, I've got a lot of experience, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's great to talk with you.
Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. It was truly a pleasure. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit FinancialFund.ca.